Blog Talk Radio. Association of Adult Survivors of Child Abuse. My name is Kim Lakin, and I'm your host for the evening. My co-host this evening is the beautiful Dr. Nancy, and she will meet you on the back line if you'd like to join us. This evening, we are on scan number 3186, if you ever want to look back and find us and find this specific show. Um, we do not have a guest tonight, but what we do on those nights is we just have a special topic show night, and um, those who call in will kind of form a panel, and we'll um, just talk about different different things. So we can talk a little bit more about that as we get going here. But um, at NASCA, we've got to go over the, the business. We have a single purpose, and that is to address issues that are related to childhood abuse and trauma including sexual assault, violent or physical abuse, emotional traumas and neglect, and we do so with two goals. One, by educating the public, especially as it's related to helping society get over its taboo of discussing childhood sexual abuse, presenting facts showing child abuse to be a pandemic worldwide problem that affects everyone, and two, by offering hope and healing through numerous paths, providing many services to adult survivors of child abuse, and information for anyone interested in the many issues involving prevention, intervention, and recovery. And again, this is scan number 3186. So if you would like to call in and be a part of our panel this evening, um, for whatever our topic ends up being, we'd love to have you. And um, Dr. Nancy is on my co-host this evening, and she will meet you on the back line and um, bring you on into the studio. So it looks like we've already got a, a panel here. So I'm going to go ahead and bring hey, Dr. Busey on. Are you there? Mm-hmm. Good evening. Good evening, everyone. <laughs> yeah, we have a pretty good can, um, panel tonight. We have Mr. We have Philip and Bob on. And so we're definitely be here to join tonight. Yeah, we'll see. We're being on this. 
And there's Mr. Baca Day, or Bob, I'm sorry, I just say that. <laughs> Mr. just comes out, like Dr. Nancy said. <laughs> How about Mr. Phillip? <laughs> hey, Mr. Phillip. What's up, Kim? How's your week? Well, folks, um, I'd, like, I'd like to share a minor miracle, start off with some good news and goods. Um, yeah. Yeah, okay. And I also have a suggested topic for uh, today's discussion, but I'll, I'll share my minor miracle first. Um, part of my recovery, I've been battling with um, addictions, and it's my understanding that childhood abuse sets a person up for an addictive behavior. But for years and years and years, um, I've been battling a, an addiction to rum and coke. Now, I'm a sailor, you know, so <laughs> it's almost a genetic predisposition. And I was kind of getting desperate, you know, because I've got to quit it because it's no good for me. I know it's harming me. And, you know, I've been looking for years for somewhere where I could buy some willpower to be able to quit my addiction to rum and coke. And then it was like, last week, my body just said to me, right, that's it, Bob, no more of that. I'm not having any more of this crap coming in. That's it. It's over. And I haven't had a, a alcoholic drink for over a week, and it's been 15 years since I hadn't had an alcohol-free day. So uh, for me, that's a minor miracle, and I'm, I'm just over the moon with that result. And... Um, the topic I would like to suggest um, for this morning. Oh, sorry. Wait, 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 wait. No, we need to say congratulations. I mean, that is a Thank big you. deal. That really is. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. That's a great accomplishment. Yeah, and if, if my body can do that, then maybe it can do the same trick with my addiction to tobacco. But, well, time will tell. Time will tell. And thanks for your congratulations. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm very I'm very conscious of the, yeah, I'm very conscious of the toxins I put into my body. I use my body like my own laboratory to see what works and what doesn't. But now I would like to lay this um, topic on the table to see if um, you want to run with it. And for me, the topic is from survivor to thriver. And what I mean by that is, you know, I hear a lot about, oh, you know, I'm a survivor, I'm a survivor. But um, for me, I was a survivor for 55 years. I survived my childhood abuse. Um, I survived the, um, I was going to say education system, but the the Rockefeller indoctrination system um, and all the lies and stuff that, um, and the, you know, the, the drama of that. 20-year addiction to pharmaceuticals. So for that period, I was a survivor. But about 15 years ago, just on my own journey, I moved from being a survivor to a thriver by healing, healing the wounds of my childhood and reclaiming and taking full responsibility for my life. Then um, my life has just been absolutely magical ever since then. And it's like without getting rid of all that weight that I was carrying, that soul weight, I would have never got to that place where I found and reconnected with my authentic self. So 
that's the topic I'd like to throw on the table and it aligns with my mission which is to eradicate suicide um, and also aligns with the super principle that we're all sovereign unique and equal and I reckon that well I, what I would like to do in in this show and any others that I might be fortunate enough to get onto is to just share some of the tools that I've used to get from being victim survivor to thriver and glowing so yeah I'll um I'll shut up now and see if anybody wants to say anything about that or you can um, let me ramble on and um, later and share how I got here in you know in little bites <laughs> Well, no, I appreciate you, you throwing that out there because, like I said, we didn't have that topic, and we always love when you're on with us. That does definitely add to our show, so thank you all for being here and suggesting that. That sounds great to me. And did you know that that's the name of the book that I was recently in? Um, from no, I didn't. Survivor How's to Survivor, yeah. That's, that was the name of the book. Oh. Well, <laughs> Stop oh. the silence. Well, how is, is that the name? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, and that's how I, I think. Yeah, I think that, I mean, like we talked about before, even on the show, a lot of us on, that are on this show are either looking or we're we're wanting to help, you know, and so we're in kind of that mind frame of wanting to be more of a survivor. I think. And I mean, be a thriver and not a survivor. <laughs> We're more, in, hopefully, in that that thriver mindset. But do you find at times any of you that um, it just kind of it'll go in and out? Because I definitely have, you know, times that I'm I'm really low and I can't even really figure it out. It's just like I'm not thriving like I should be, and I realize that, and then. You know, you can shake it back off, but I think that too is a, an aspect of trauma, childhood trauma. Is you know, well, the only time to, to always stay there. Go ahead. Yeah, the only time that happens for me, um, and I have this sixth sense. I call my sense of noticing. Um, the only time that happens for me is when I've let my mind back into the driving seat. So I just reach in, grab it by the scrap of the neck, throw it in the trunk and put my heart back in a driving seat and then I'm, I'm back um, in, in my feeling universe, living in the moment, living in the now. And, um, you know, people can be survivors till the day they die, but you don't have to, you know, and I'm living proof of that. Um, and how can I put it? How can I put it? This is such a contrary view to, um, you know, the main mainstream narrative. But it wasn't, I couldn't think my way out of my depression. And I had to learn how to silence my mind so that I could hear my heart. And then I found all my solutions within my heart. And the big turning point came when, when I took total responsibility for my, my life. That was when I became a ship's captain. I also became the captain of my life. I am master and commander of this life that I do create. 
and I take full responsibility for it. And that was so liberating because now I can't point the finger at anybody, you know. I can't say, oh, you did that to me or they did that to me, or, you know, because uh, when I look at my life and the events in my life, if something happens that I'm, you know, not too pleased with, I just sit down and ask myself this question. Okay, Bob, you have created this event in your life. What is the lesson you need to learn from this? And a classic example was when I my lost my home and my boat to Cyclone Debbie in 2017. Now, looking at the you know the capitalist balance sheet, I'd lost all my worldly goods. So it's no good getting married to me because I've got nothing to offer you <laughs> apart from unconditional love. But um, yeah, uh, you know, on, on a balance sheet, I'd lost all my worldly goods. Um, but on the that was the sort of negative side. But on the positive side, I'd survived a Category 5 cyclone. I'd seen Mother Nature at her boldest and brassiest. And I learned a very valuable lesson, which was to totally let go of the attachment to things. And that has been such a powerful lesson that I reckon I paid a fair price for it. And since 2017, when I lost all my material goods, um, I've now... I'm living under a mango tree in three caravans. Um, I'm debt-free. Um, abundance is just a natural part of my life. It's um, If I want something, I just feel like I've already got it, and it turns up. And my life just goes from one synchronistic happening to another one. And that's all because I decided to take total responsibility for my life and my healing. And just going back to my soup principle, we're all sovereign, unique, and equal. Well, if we're all unique, if we're all unique, then you know everybody's going to have to find their own way, and that's the basis of the hero's journey. But because we're all equal, I believe that everybody holds a piece of the puzzle, and the answer to healing each other comes through sim- simply sharing our stories. Because from everybody's story, I get a little nugget, you know. They, well, yeah, I never considered that before. I'll give that a go, you know. So, and that's that. And again, that goes back to the kiss principle: keep it simple, sovereign. You know, if your answers are complicated, then I would suggest that, um, yeah, your mind's in the driving seat. <laughs> Coffee, anyone? <anyway>? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, do you have like one of those little, um, is it like a bus, mini house type thing? Is that what you live in now? Sorry? You said under a mango tree. What kind of, is it like a bus house or something that you live in under the mango tree or in the mango tree <laughs> that you were saying? Under the shade mango tree. Under the shade <laughs> mango tree. I have created my sanctuary. I have created my... Yeah, I've created my own Garden of Eden. And I've got three old caravans. Um, one was given to me, and it didn't have a floor in it, so I used some pallet wood to put a floor in it. And um, and my office caravan cost me 400 bucks. That was... Um, it was... All the inside cupboards were all sort of rotten, so I just stripped it out and painted it. And then um, I've got a... 
a big bench that's on bricks that my computer sits on. I've got all these stacking storage things around me and a bed at the far end. So this is my, my office and my dining room, if you like, and my bedroom. And then parallel to this, I've got a, a caravan that I bought for a, um, a thousand Aussie dollars. So it's probably about 600 US. That's about 21 foot. And that is my, my galley, I'm sorry, kitchen, my galley, my workshop and my shower. And then across the top, making a, an N-shaped enclosure, if you like, um, is that of the caravan that was given me. Um, and that's become a storeroom for projects that I will get to one day, but it's also my potting shed and my um, homebrew station. So, and, you know, um, yeah, I have a very, very simple life. My, my kitchen sink is outside, up against the fence, and... So I do my uh, washing my dishes out there, and then they, they get dried by the sun. And the water I use, which is rainwater, gets captured off the roofs of the shed next to me, and that gets warmed by the sun through the black plastic pipe that feeds the sink. So about you know 10 o'clock each day, because I live in the tropics, the the, wa- the water is more than warm enough to wash my dishes and have a shower so I'm living as every day I try and bring more and more of nature's tricks into my life nature's gifts nature's benefits you know so I try not to use too much electricity Um, uh, I cook with gas at the moment but if I get more solar panels then I could even um, you know knock that one on the head and have a solar powered um, kitchen but yeah, for me, nature is nurture. It absolutely is. Nature is nurture. I don't even own a pair of shoes. <laughs> You're so funny. <laughs> oh, that's, no, I love that. I think that that's great. I mean, you've made your own little house. Garden of Eden. Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> I love it. No, that's that's a great. You just do what what you can with what you have. And do you live on somebody else's land, or was that the land where your house was? I haven't had a house in uh, before before I lived in this caravan. I lived on my boat out in the bay for eight years, and then before that, I lived out on my VW Company camper van as I toured around Australia as a folk singer. So I haven't had a house since about 1990, I think. Mm. No, um, I'm living on a friend's property, and I pay rent. um, But also, because I live here, I've become sort of the de facto yardie. Um, You know, I like the place to be beautiful, so um, just because it benefits me, and it benefits um, my friend as well, um, I go around and tidy up and mow the lawn and, I love the ride-on mower. It's, uh, I call it my mower meditation, you know. If I'm angry, I can go and mow rude words into the grass to get my anger out, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's very cathartic. <laughs> mower meditation. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, so I do stretches to do that. <laughs> 
<laughs> instead of mo. I I usually stretch to meditate, but <laughs> but whatever. Yeah, well, yeah, precisely. And from my sense of noticing, I just noticed what I was doing in my life. Like, oh, I'm whistling. What am I doing? Oh, I'm tinkering with a little engine. Oh, I didn't need to do more than that. Oh, I'm whistling. I'm in the zone. What am I doing? Walking in nature, in the garden. I'll do more than that. So from my sense of noticing, I just notice what activities I carry out, put me in the zone, and I fill my day with that sort of sort of stuff you know it's very rarely now that I slip back into headspace um, I do that as little as possible and then it's only to interact with the, the system you know the <laughs> government that's a bloody laugh and the government <laughs> <laughs> I have a uh, if we're all yeah. the same way yeah. <laughs> you did too she went like off grid for a couple of years. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I could quite do that. I I have talked about uh, would you say trailer park? It sounds no, not. There can there can be some really bad trailer parks around. However, this well, I'm not. Yeah, yeah, I'm not in a trailer, trailer park. park. Yeah, yeah. no, a, no, I. I've looked into it for myself, but yeah. um, they've redone, you know, a lot of, it's a, you know, a lot of people who have moved in these days into those trailers, redo them, and they don't look like trailers anymore. You know, it's not your typical how you walk in and think of it. So there's some really nice ones over there, and it's a nice yeah, well, area, too. The, um, the, t- the, the, the tiny home... Um, movement is growing exponentially, isn't it? You know, young yeah. young people yeah. realizing I don't want this this death grip, this mortgage on me for the next thirty or fifty years. I'll build something now that I can live in, and you know, I, I don't have a mortgage, which is great. It's great, you know. Well, should we see if Dr. Nancy or Philip have anything they'd like to say? Yeah, please. We're just talking away, Bob. <laughs> no, it was a good conversation. It was good. Actually, uh, when you guys were just talking about the trailer parks, some of those trailer homes really, really look really good. I um, I was looking at some homes for sale, and some of those mobile homes, they, they're really, you know, they're looking good. They're not looking like trailer homes, like the picture that we have in our mind when we think of a trailer home, trailer park, but they actually look really nice. So uh, that's what I was actually thinking house. about when you guys were just talking. Uh-huh. Good. Yeah. Yeah. More of the tiny house like Bob was saying. And, yeah. That's yeah. What, that's how exactly. they get them now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, the tiny homes, um, you know, they do have a show that show the tiny homes and those homes are tiny, but they're so compartmentalized that it's like, wow, you know, you can fit all of that in there. But, um, yeah, those are really cute. You know, they, you go up the stairs, the beds at the top, top, top. There's all these shelves at the bottom storage and they're, they're pretty cool. So, um, have you seen those, Little homes, um, Philip. 
Have you ever seen those extra small homes? I saw one in a magazine. Ooh. Yeah. Magazine. What do you think also, of it? I think Elon Musk is moving into a small home. Well, Did anybody else hear about that? Yeah, Say it again. There's, there's, sorry, Elon Musk is moving into a tiny home. Oh. What are you going to say to that, Bob? There is a great channel on YouTube run by a, um, a New Zealander, Kiwi, called Living Big in a Tiny House or Living Big in a Tiny Home. And he's got hundreds of videos. He goes all around the world interviewing people um, who've built their tiny homes. So I would recommend watching that. And he's such a lovely guy and such a positive outlook, you know. Um, I always feel lifted after watching one of his videos. So that's going to be good value for a start, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think I've heard of him, Bob. I think I, I know yeah. who you're talking about. So tell us what yeah. you were going to say, Phil. Tell us about your... Me? Philip? Yeah, weren't you going to say something else about the tiny house? Or... No. No. <laughs> when I was growing up, when I was growing up, you know, a lot of people had little tree houses, or, you know, um, you know. So growing up, I used to want one. I used to want a tree house, and there's actually a show where they built little houses on the trees. So you know, they have the little homes and they have the little tree houses. And they're so pretty. Like I, I like I said, I, I know they have, I don't know if it was TLC or what channel I saw it on, but they had, they were building the little homes. And then also there's another show for the tree houses. And these are like, you know, I don't know if you guys seen the show Pimp My Ride, where they turned the car into this awesome, luxurious creation of art. But it's similar to that, you know, where you would think a little tiny little standard treehouse. No, it has the sunroof, the this, the that, and the solar panels. And, I mean, they're taking it to a whole nother level. Um, yeah. These tiny houses, some of them are better than the big ones. Yeah. I mean, and, and it almost just makes more sense. Especially if you, I, I think it would have been hard with my three kids at home, you know, when you've got a lot of kids, but people do it. I just had such a different mindset, mom, than I do now. I think I definitely agree with Bob more now that the material things don't matter as much to me. I Especially since I've been around, I've, <laughs> I've been without a lot of my material things for like the last year and I recognized that yeah I don't need all of that stuff I don't need mm-hmm. well, the stuff. Well, here, well here in Australia we have a whole nation that's on the road they're known locally as the grey nomads and when I was touring around as a folk singer in my, my combi love and peace man um, I loved hooking up with them because they knew all the best places to camp, the free places, the places um, where you can get water, um, the, especially in the outback, you know, where you're hundreds of kilometers from the, the nearest town and you lob into this 
town that they recommend and you find that there's, there's only one building there and it's uh, it's the pub, it's the store, it's where you get your, your gasoline and it's got a swimming pool and a spa and that. And they say free camping. So you get free camping because they know they're going to get their money back from you when you go in the store and buy the produce and fill your, fill your truck up, you know. So that these grey nomads are just... It's a whole other race of Australians. There's thousands and thousands of them. <laughs> hey, I'm getting great. <laughs> Time to hit the road again. <laughs> Would you like to go back to singing, Bob? <laughs> Sorry? Would you like to go back to singing? Um... Well, I broke my wrist, my left wrist, uh, two or three years ago, and it didn't set back right, so I'm sort of learning to play the guitar again. Um, oh, yeah. And um, I spent 10 years on the road. I went eight times around Australia playing at all the sort of what, what I'd call folk festivals, folk music festivals. I'm not into blues. It's only three chords. Get over it, you know. Hey, do you, know, do you want to know what the shortest blues song is in the world? I didn't wake up this morning. Da 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 da. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. So, but yeah. But what happened was, um, I suddenly discovered a passion for writing. Um, but only about the topic that I'm passionate about, which is uh, the eradication of suicide. So I've sort of switched passions from being a stage performer to being an author. And, the, you know, and it's like my body wakes me at 3 a.m. most days. And that's when I, I start writing, you know, and it, it's like it, it's not coming from me. It's coming through me. So, yeah. And, I, you know, prior to that, the only thing I'd ever written really were inter-office correspondence and memos and technical reports when I was in um, automotive research. So, yeah, I'm loving it. I've got books published and all sorts. And, yeah, so that's my passion. But I've started um, most nights um, um, playing the guitar again because my the pads of my fingers have gone all soft, so... I can only manage two or three songs at the moment before my fingers are really hurting, you know. But I need to do more and more of it to, to build up that thorny pad on each fingertip. So I'm slowly getting back there because I have a, a vision, if you like, of because I've got all the connections in the acoustic music scene around Australia, I would like to apply to perform again. And I'll go and do a shanty workshop and a concert. But... I would also like to do a workshop uh, and or a presentation on the gift of depression and how it, it, it can be used as what it is. It's a, it's a rite of passage. Yeah, just to get my message out there. So I'd love to do that. I'd also like to uh, find out how to um, get on and do a TED Talk because um, that's even easier for me because you know I love talking as you may have noticed 
and it's, yep. it's easier than writing. So, but anything I can do to get my message out there, I'm all over the internet contributing, you know, to as many shows as I can. So, and I love coming to your shows, you know, Kim and Nancy. I find them, um, you, you host a very equitable platform. So thank you for that. I will shut up now. You got to talk for ages. <laughs> can I ask you a question? Um, would you be you willing to do the song? Sorry? Would you be willing to sing a song or a part of your song? Um, this, this one's about the convicts that came, the prisoners that came um, you know, to, to to Australia. It was a it was a a prison country. Actually, the the worst prisons were on Tasmania, which is part of Australia. <coughs> and it's only got two or three verses. Um, let's see. I might be a bit croaky, <laughs> but Lee Marvin had a number one hit, didn't he? Um, okay. I think, I can't remember what this one's called. Anyway, it's about the trials and tribulations. On the first day that we landed there, all upon that fatal shore, the farmers came around us, there might be twenty or more. They chained us to the harrow, and they sold us out of hand. And they yoked us to the plough, brave boys, for to plough Van Diemen's land. They shipped us out to the western coast, chain neck and neck in line. And they whipped us through the forest gloom, for to fell a hue and pine. Now I stood on Sarah's island, and I saw the gates of hell, where nine brave ships and many a soul had heard the last watch bell. Last night as I lay in me bed, well, I had a pleasant dream. I was walking with me sweetheart down by a purling stream. We wandered through old Ireland, and she was there at my right hand. But I woke up broken-hearted All upon Van Diemen's land That's it. Yes. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Oh, Bob. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing. (laughs) That is awesome. Wow. Yeah, did so you write that song? Oh, okay. Uh, no, I'm. It's funny. I've been writing loads of books, but I've never written a song. Um, and this is my 59th year as a paid stage performer. I've written a few parodies that were relevant in the moment. I'd steal somebody's tune and put my words to it. But um, yeah, I've never. I've. I, I suppose I wanted to write the next Streets of London, you know, to be a, a worldwide number one hit. Um, and so maybe that's what prevented me. But who knows, now that I've got this um, flow of writing under my belt, um, 
I can come up with a song. And little things are falling into place, like here in Queensland, it used to be um, lots of little coal mines. They've got bloody right big ones now, but you can go driving in the bush and find old mine shafts. And this phrase came the other day, from coal to canyon and back again, the pit head wheel goes round. And that's like the opening line of a song about how the economy in Australia, in Queensland, has changed from like the 1800s, um, people digging stuff out of the ground. And, and now, Queensland is one of the biggest, it's almost all sugarcane, you know. Yeah, it's a lovely smell, that sweet, syrupy smell. Yeah, so I've got the first line of the song anyway. <laughs> Contributions great, greatly um, received. <laughs> Oh, this is great. I'm loving this. Yeah. What inspired that particular song? Well, I was just driving through the bush, uh, going back to Wintermoon Festival, which I, um, it's a folk festival on Labor Day weekend. Um, and I managed that festival in 2007 and came across this old mine shaft and then did a bit more research and found that this area, there's lots of them dotted about, but um, they're too deep and uh, you know the, the quality of uh, what they were mining uh, is was uneconomical um, but now in Queensland we've got some of the huge you can see them from the moon you know these they're, they're raping the land pulling out all this this coal and so coming back to planting sugar um, some of the uh, waste products of the sugar industry they're actually using to make like biofuel so it's like we're getting we're getting energy but without raping the planet and that's why I, I like the um, the um, electric revolution you know the solar panels and the wind turbines and the storage batteries and the move to electric vehicles because more and more and more we're moving away from taking stuff out the ground and burning it and polluting the environment and it's like all this furor about oh high CO2 levels high CO2 levels we need to do something about it and for me the answer is real simple stop chopping down trees because that's what trees do they take in CO2 and produce oxygen which is good for us you know, but you look at the way that they're deforesting the um, the Amazon, you know, and that's the the Amazon rainforest are like the lungs of the planet. But they want to come up with a scientific solution, you know. And again, that's like putting your mind back in the driving seat. It doesn't make sense. Um, I'm all for science and technology that benefits mankind, that works with nature, but this arrogance of the scientific community that thinks they can improve on nature and can improve on creation. Well, I, you know, with the best will in the world, I can never improve on what God has created. Uh, so, yeah, I don't, I don't worship at the, the church of science. Well, wow, that was a bit of a rant, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. 
No, you you do some talking. If if we go back to kind of what you were you suggested in the beginning, I know that probably a a lot of these things are what helps you thrive, right? That's kind of what kind of rounding back to um, the subject that you had suggested and. I was just curious. I have a question for Philip. Um, I know the other night, and you can tell me if you want to answer this or not, but um, Carol had said something about that she wanted to know more about your Reiki, and I would love to hear more about that as well. I think that is definitely a tool that can be used to help thrive. So would you want to tell us more about that? More about what? Reiki? Is that what, what you're trained in? Reiki? Or no. Yeah. Uh, what's that? I've never heard of that. Oh, I guess I guess you're not trained in that. <laughs> okay. No, I, I thought that that's what Carol had said, that you were trained in um, like a meditation type thing or something. I, I don't know it, really specifically either what what it all entails but um so what do you do what do you feel like you do to to help get yourself centered and then you know thrive as a survivor you want to share that um i think it was a lot of things a lot of things everything from working out and exercising to na meetings texting friends, a relationship with God, a relationship with others, things like that. Yeah. And you're going to school too, aren't you? No. Oh, you're not? No. Were you taking a class or something? Not too long I have ago? taken a class. But I don't take any classes right now. Right now, I go to NA meetings in church and I volunteer. Okay. Nice. Go ahead, man of God. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. That's good, Philip. I'm proud of you. And and I like the food of things. There's multiple things that help. In recovery, it's not one thing. It's doing a little bit of this, a little bit of that. All those things that feed your mind, your body, your spirit, and your soul. And that's important. And it's okay. Sometimes you just have to think about, like, today I went to go play with puppies. That was for my mental health. I was having a hard, I was having a rough day. I didn't, I haven't had a break. I've been going and going and going and going. I I woke up at 1 a.m. this morning, and I uh, went to teach at a school, then I went to work, then I came straight to, I had class. First I had a meeting on Zoom, then I had class, and then I came straight to the radio. So in between my day today, I was at the mall, and I stopped in to play with the puppies, and I had such a great time. 
it was like, uh, you know, that helped me to just feel good. That brought in some feel-good energy. I was laughing. I, You know, I was cuddling. Some of them were so cuddly. Some of them were so wiggly. They wouldn't stay still. They were biting my shoelaces. They were playing around. I had a ball. I'm not going to lie. You know, and that energy, sometimes you need it. And, then you know, it's good when you're able to go and get it and then get away from it if you don't want it. <laughs> I was in control. And I had a great time. Um, and so, you know, it's a multitude of things. I um, The word that that we asked, and you don't have to talk about it if you don't feel like talking about it. Have you heard of Reiki, um, Philip? No, but I know somebody that has a name like that. <laughs> oh, Reiki? Really? The R-E-I-K-I or something like that? Never like heard Kaya. of it? No, but I don't huh? name like Kaya. How do you pronounce it? Rekaya. Oh, okay. That's what is that? Name. That's my friend's oh, name. Oh, Rekaya. I'm done. Oh, okay. That's something else. <laughs> okay. I thought, uh, so Reiki, I believe, because I don't know much about it. Some people do it, I guess, is like a spiritual form of centering yourself and, you know, healing and all that type of stuff. I'm not sure um, how it's utilized, but. That's I, I thought that's what um uh we thought that you took a class like that and that's what we were asking about earlier. But okay, you know. But like I said, um, I, I love what you said when it comes to recovery and utilizing. You know, recovery is not linear, and um and there's just in many different areas that you can work on. A little bit of this, a little bit of that, and all of those things together make a beautiful picture of. Uh, your recovery. And so, um, like, I've been wanting to play with horses. And then uh, yesterday I was scrolling on Facebook and I saw someone who I knew. She did a post. She said, you know, I decided to go uh, and start horseback riding again. And when I got on top of the horse, the horse just galloped, took off, and would not stop. Then I fell off because he was going so fast. But my ankle got stuck to his, like, the side of his saddle, and my body got banged up all over the place. And then um, the the horse stopped. Uh, but then the joke was basically that this was not a real horse. This was like, you know, when you go to, like, a little amusement park and they have the little horsey. So that was the joke, that it wasn't, like, or even a real horse, that she was being dramatic. And on top of it, it was just, you know, it was a joke. But today, when I went to go play with the doggies, there was like a little carousel with the little horses. And I took a picture of that because uh, one of the groups that I'm a part of for um, sexual abuse survivors, they said, play with, with her. Play with the inner child. Go play with her. Take her out and you have a good time with her. Her who loves you, her who appreciates you, and her who um, acknowledges and respects you. Take her out and have a good time with that little girl. And so today I took my little girl out. I took myself out. And I played um, with the doggies. And I walked past the carousel. And I took a picture of that. Took a picture of the, the sign, PetSmart. And took a picture of some of the puppies. And then I posted it in the chat. And those people and those people in the chat were able to appreciate um, 
what I posted. They laughed. They were like, oh, my God, they're so cute, you know. But, um, you know, we were all pretty much sharing what we did for the week to play with the little girl, the child. And I think that's a good part of um, therapy. Sometimes you have to just have a good time and play with the inner child. You know, that's part of your recovery. Have a good time and be a child. Be a kid and laugh. And just that beautiful spirit that you had before anybody ever did anything to manipulate, corrupt, hurt, abuse, that beautiful spirit, just play with that child, that inner child. Go ahead. Can I respond? Yeah, sure. Yeah, you said some lovely things, Um, so many of them, actually. Um, Yeah. Yeah, for me, it's really important to um, nurture the inner child and 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 be playful. You know, I still we get rain here like you don't believe. It comes down in lumps the size of your thumb and it's warm. So I love going out, um, sans clothing, and splash about in all the muddy puddles because um, I believe that innocence is my birthright and. And the benefit I get, well, my my dog Charlie, he passed away on um, Easter Monday, so I'm waiting for another one to arrive. But there's all this stuff on the on the media about, oh, come here and train your dog, come here, you know, train your dog, train your dog. And I don't see it that way. Um, my dog's here to train me on how to live in the moment, because they're always totally in the moment, you know. That's the amazing gift of um, having a dog, and they're always expressing. Unconditional love. So there's so many, so many beautiful lessons that came to me that were really, really liberating. Um, Oh, and by the way, I trained in Reiki um, um, for several years around 2000 to about 2005. And for me, it's just a, a no-contact way um, of removing bad energies from people. Um, and as an empath, I say I live in a feeling universe, so I can, you know, I can walk into a room or be somewhere and feel the the energy that people are radiating. So it tells me pretty quickly that, uh, okay, he's a petty, he's a teddy bear. He's a snake, you know. So I'll go and I'll go and play with the teddy bears and avoid the snakes, and that's <laughs> uh, and that's just one one trick I use. Um, but two uh, little phrases that really helped me was, and I got the idea of this one from Ian Lungold and his work on the Mayan calendar. It was um, he said that five million years ago. Uh, we put down the curly tail and picked up the mind as a tool to use to compare this with that. And that grew into what I I, uh, wrote as, my mind is just a tool that I use when I choose, for I'm so much more than my mind. And so now I'm living in a feeling universe and not a thinking universe. But my mind, for me, is just another tool I have in my tool bag and I treat it like I, I treat my puppy dog. Like when it needs exercising, I give it a task to do. Say, so go off and do some research into sonoluminescence or something. So off it goes, wagging its little tail. 
and it comes back and reports to me and I say, thank you, mind. You've done a brilliant job. Here's a treat. Back in your basket. I'll take you for another run tomorrow. And so that's how I treat my mind. And as to what I choose to engage with in my life is whatever is not nurturing for me, I simply call the beast. So I'll repeat that. Whatever is not nurturing for me, I simply call the beast and I no longer feed the beast. So if I'm somewhere doing something and it doesn't feel wholesome, it doesn't feel right, it doesn't resonate with my my inner moral compass or my inner knowing, then I stop doing it and just fill my day in doing stuff that is nurturing for me because um, my well-being is my number one priority, my number one job. Because how can I love somebody else if I don't love me? How can I help anybody else to heal if I can't heal me? And it goes back to that little picture of, you know, you're in an airplane at 50,000 feet and all goes into this wobbly dive and the oxygen masks come down. And you put your own mask on first, don't you? Because if you don't, you can't help anybody else. So, yeah. So that was it. My mind is just a tool that I use when I choose, for I'm so much more than my mind. And whatever is not nurturing for me, I simply call the beast, and I no longer feed the beast. Ah, and the, all of these little phrases are in, in my books. So, <laughs> And for free on my YouTube videos, if you're interested. Um, yeah, that's enough uh, self-promotion. <laughs> Oh, shut up, Bob. Okay. How many books have you written, Bob? Um, uh, on the gift of depression, I've got an e-book, a Kindle book, a paperback book, um, and on dancing with depression, I've got an audio book, and then I've got a a spiral bound. Um, uh, which is available as an ebook at the moment, but it will be hard copy, spiral bound. And it's um, coffee table book, and it's 52 pages, one for each week of the year. And on each of those pages is a picture and one of my little one-liners, you know, like um, what I radiate, I create, so I choose to radiate joy. So it's like it's a book you can pick up, and every 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 page is a picture with an inspirational, feel-good, um, Bob Original quote on it. <laughs> Bob Original. I like that. I'm going to use that again. This is a Bob Original. <laughs> <laughs> you oh, dear. Yeah. We should all have our own original style. Precisely. <laughs> Precisely, because everyone's got their own unique story. So I encourage everybody to write your story. Or if you're like me and you have a hard time just sitting down and writing a lot, then put it on sticky right. notes. <laughs> well, the other thing I'll find thing it eventually. You, yeah, the other thing you can do yeah. is just talk your story and make a recording of your audio. And there's software out there that will turn it from audio to text and then you could go on Fiverr uh, with that text and ask somebody to take the text and turn it into a book 
for about 20 bucks. You know, there's loads of people on Fiverr that will do that. Yeah. Yeah, that's the self-publishing. That's how you self-publish that. Yeah. Right. So to, to format my books, I'd written them, um, and then I went to Fiverr to some, because they, they have to be formatted to fit in with uh, the templates on um, Amazon and stuff. So I just looked for a, an expert that did that, and... Um, yeah, they formatted me, and it cost me about 20 bucks to get my book formatted. But then when I uploaded it to Amazon, it didn't cost me anything to publish it. And the good thing about Amazon, but it's, I'd rather move away from Amazon because I don't like their ideology, but um, the good thing about it is they do also do print-on-demand, so I don't have to buy loads of books and ship them out people that are interested in my book can order it and then they'll print it. Amazon will print it and post it out to people. So, you know, it makes my life easy. And that's what I like. Keep it simple, sovereign. Keep it easy. Take it easy. Make it easy. Don't let the sound of your own wheels drive you crazy. There's some wisdom in those words, eh? Don't let don't let the sound of your own wheels drive you crazy. Drive you crazy, that, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a powerful statement, isn't it? Your, your own wheels. Yeah. Like, in my mind, when I was in automotive research, my mind was like a tree full of chattering monkeys. And now they're all fast asleep. <laughs> oh, you can get them all to sleep same time then you're doing good <laughs> yeah well, I, I tend to work I tend to work in pictures and um, when I set off when I quit my proper grown-up job in about 95 in automotive research in Western Australia I was set off in my combi you know to become a, a folk singer I was always really playing in loads of bands in Western Australia and toured quite a bit but this is the first time I've actually been out on the road on my own and luckily I had a book um, with me by Shakti Gawain um, The Art of Visualization I think it was called and and so with that mind is a tool thing you know I, I created a video that I played on the inside of my forehead if you like and it's like seen from a James Bond movie and I'm running down this underground corridor with the fluorescent lights sort of buzzing above me I get to the end of the corridor and there's these big glass doors and the other side of the glass doors were all these computer banks of spinning tapes and stuff you know and that was that was the computer room of my mind and so I as I approached the doors, they slid open, and over on the right-hand wall, there was a big red switch. So I ambled over to the big red switch, and somebody had posted a health warning above it, thank thankfully. It said, beware, beware. Thinking can seriously damage your well-being. I thought, spot on. So in my movie, I took hold of that big red switch and just turned it, Kirklunk. I turned the computer that was my mind off, and I could hear the hard drive spinning down, spinning down, spinning down, spinning down. And then I just played that movie over and over 
in my mind's eye um, for ages and ages, and it finally evolved into my mind is just a tool, and I treat it like I treat my puppy dog. But that was how that was how I I learned to silence my own mind and put it in its right place. It is just another tool that I have in my tool toolbox. Mm. I better than awesome my, you know. And it's getting better every day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, well, thank you for sharing, Bob. No worries. Um, yeah. Yeah, we can try having you on. Now, I, we could go ahead and close the show. Does anybody have anybody, anything else that they wanted to share or talk about? I've one thing. We could let Bob talk for another half hour. (laughs) No, no. I've just about finished. I'm just looking at the list of stuff that I wanted to talk about, and um, I'd like to offer some uh, constructive feedback to NASCA. Um, And it's hard hard to do, but um, I shared earlier why why I love coming on to your shows, uh, uh, Kim and Nancy. And for me, all of the all the um, scan shows go to air at 10 a.m. where I am, so that you know that's convenient to me. Um, but I do, I do go to all the Zoom meetings as well, which I encourage everybody to attend. But that's 4 a.m. for me. But um, there's once in a while I come across a show um, on on NASCA where the host has as much airtime as the guest or sometimes even more and then the people that call in are left hanging on the line for about 45 minutes to an hour now for me um, that goes against the grain because for me I see the role of the host of the show like the speaker in the Senate or the speaker in the House of Lords um, the role of the host is to ensure that the meeting is respectful and safe and like we say in Australia and everybody gets a fair go so the, the, sh- the shows where I don't see that happening I don't go to anymore um, um, I believe that you know um, yeah it's just not it doesn't fit in with my super principle that we're all sovereign unique and equal and I can understand that when you've got a, a guest um, and they call the shots and that's great that's great, you know. I love hearing their stories, but if if they don't want to interact with people that call in, equal sovereigns that call in, then that should be stated up front, so that okay, they're not taking call-ins today, but I can go off and do something else instead of you know waiting on the end of the line for 45 minutes or an hour. So that's just my um, my little bit of uh, constructive feedback. And I love you all, and you can't get rid of me, Kim, <laughs> Nancy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love coming here. As I said earlier on, what I love about what you two uh, people do is you run a very equitable show. Thank you, Bob. Uh, and I've got nothing else to say, so <laughs> I'm gonna. I would love to go <laughs> well, and play in the garden. Well, that sounds like fun. Is it going to be a nice sunny day? Yeah, it's always sunny. Mind you, it's winter here at the moment. It was 
I was out in the yard at six o'clock this morning. It's normally during the day. It's about 25 degrees centigrade, which is let's have a look. 25 degrees centigrade. That's about 78 Fahrenheit. And in the summer, it's about 30 degrees centigrade, which is about 86, 87 degrees Fahrenheit. So I was out in the yard this morning at 6 a.m., which is just just on full storm and uh, the first bird song of the day. And it was 8 degrees and it was bloody freezing. Absolutely <laughs> freezing. <laughs> oh, yeah, but it's a beautiful sunny day. We've got pastel blue sky. There's not a chemtrail inside. And what I love about where I live is, and especially when my body keeps waking me up at 3 a.m., my world is so silent. It is so silent. I can actually hear the synapses in my brain firing. Now, that is silent. Hey. <laughs> that must be silent, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So thank you, guys. And, yeah, well, um, you have a I'll beautiful try, day. I'll try not to be a nuisance, but um, I'll I'll call in whenever I can. Yeah. So thank you for giving that. me the space to share, because I, as I said earlier, I believe that simply by sharing our stories, we help to heal each other. And you don't you don't have to stay a survivor. You know, get out of survival and get into thriving. That's my uh, my message. <laughs> yeah. Okay, it's coffee time. Thank you. Thank you for Bye. that. And, yeah, you have a beautiful day. <laughs> good day. <Thank> you. <laughs> Bye. Dr. Nancy, good day. <laughs> Dr. Nancy, have did you want, have anything else you wanted to say? You, yeah. Um, I was going to say, um, well, I wanted to say my condolences Bob, for his fur baby. I know he shared, um, you know, that he lost his pup, his dog, and I did um, comment and like his post. Um, and I know they shared that he's also getting a new one. So I, I was curious to know what breed he's getting, if he wants to talk about it, if it's okay. And, um, yeah, that was my question, actually. Okay. Um, well, what is coming to me, and the universe will provide, because I've told it to, um, is a young male mongrel about the size of a Jack Russell. That's what's coming my way. Congratulations. Yeah. I can't wait. I'm shaking like a puppy myself in anticipation. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you all know all about it. Let us know. Oh, well. Can't wait to some pictures. Mm-hmm. Okay. Bye. Hey, good night. Good night, Mr. Bob. Dr. Bob. Good night. Yeah. Thanks, Bob. What we do. Hey, Philip. You have okay. anything you want to say? <laughs> yeah. Um, I think I am going to call Victoria Kelly. You're going to call Victoria? Do you what need are you going to do? Anything? Oh. No, I'm just going to call Chuck. He's kind of bored and lonely. Okay. 
That's good. Sounds good. I don't know. I I went into field day all day at my grandchildren's school, and I'm kind of tired. <laughs> I probably won't make it much past. Once I hang up the phone, I'll probably be kind of out. But um, <laughs> seems like kind yeah. of for um, covering tonight. Yeah, thank you for covering tonight. Tonight was a great show. We worked it out. I'm glad that um, Bob showed up. He helped to pass the time as well. And, you know, I'm sure that he shared some good insight, beautiful song, and uh, his testimony. And thank you, Philip, for always showing up and being supportive and sharing. And, you know, all that we do together is what really makes NASCA a safe community for others to feel safe to come forward and to share as well. So I just want to say thank you, everyone who showed up tonight. I love you all, and God bless you all. Good night. Thank you, Dr. Nancy. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. Another tomorrow, Ryan here and I have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.